Hey, everybody, it's Jess Buchanan, and I am so excited to be starting this Desert to Mountaintops uh, podcast series. And we are going to be talking about our choosing our healing through radical self-acceptance. And uh, one by one, I get to talk with all of the contributing authors of this amazing project um, that came out on January 25th, 2024. And I am so I am so stoked to be in the presence of Julie Larkins. She is just an energy of light and love, and she just exudes acceptance. She is totally what this project is about. Um, and uh, I'm just so happy to welcome you today, Julie. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. So, I mean, I always say this about you, but like I take one look at you and I, I'm always struck by like your cool hair and your tattoos. And I know like it's not all about what's on the outside, but you totally have this look of self-acceptance. How like what how does that make you feel when someone says that to you? I love it. Um someone uh was staring at my tattoo and they asked me, like, oh, do you mind that I stare? And I say, no. I like to put my inside on the outside. Oh, I love that. Oh, I just got chills. Yeah. Way uh, to reframe that. Yeah. I, it's, you know, it's funny because, you know, you can look at somebody and you can get an idea of who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you look at me, my hope is, is that somebody sees me and they say, oh my gosh, this chick is being exactly who she wants to be. Maybe I can do that. Maybe I so- can so do you feel like the way you look on the outside is an invitation to other people to also connect with you in themselves? Yes. I think when people see me, they're either one, they're completely turned off. And I think it's because they're not willing to to love all of the parts of themselves. Do you does that happen? It does happen. Some people do not like what is going on here? Um, but that's okay. Everybody is yeah. at different stages of their healing and yeah. stages of their life. Um, and then other people will come up to me and they'll say, oh my gosh, I love that you do this with your hair. I wish I could do that. Mm. If I had a dollar for every time somebody said something like that to me, I would have a lot of money. <laughs> um, what do you say to them then? Yeah. Like when you someone can. says, yeah. You know, I wasn't, it wasn't until my forties that I got my tattoo and, you know, my late thirties that I, I did my hair like this, but, you know, for a long time I hid who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this feeling that who I was, was not good enough. Who I mm-hmm. was, was not enough. Who I was, was not perfect. And so if I couldn't be perfect, then, you know, I didn't want to exist or be, you know, called out. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that idea or that need to be perfect stems from? You know, I think we all have something in our lives that we've encountered. You know, a lot of people, I think it's social media and, you know, the programming of, you know, when I was growing up, magazines and, you know, Victoria's Secret models and, you know, you see mm. all of this stuff and what, you know, what you're supposed to look like. Um, and I never matched that. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, I never matched it. And so I felt invalid for never matching that. And I also mm-hmm. felt invalid because the way that I grew up, I wasn't really recognized or treated in a way that I was special or unique or important. Um, and so I can see a lot of people could be in this space of feeling like you can't be your authentic self because there are so many different constraints that life brings to you that says you're not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I love that word invalid when you use it in this context. I feel like that holds a multitude of like emotions and meaning like there it's a very it's a word with a lot of depth I think when you use it in this context can you speak a little bit more to that yeah you know there's this desire for all of us to feel like we can exist in this world in a way that feels good um but we run into things that make us feel like that's something that we fall short of And so every time we feel like we fall short, there's this invalidation Mm -hmm. and it's internal and sometimes it's external. You know, you don't meet the criteria of this. You won't get this job because you are a mom or, you know, um, I don't want to seat you in my restaurant because of why, you know, all Mm -hmm. all different reasons for things that, you know, we come into contact with and, you know, there's this invalidation immediately. And sometimes it's our programming, what we've been telling ourselves for so long, you know, I'm invalid. I I don't matter. Um, you know, who I am isn't important and we feel invalid. So let's talk. Thank you for like, um, explaining that a little bit more, but let's talk a bit about, let's go back a few years to when you were at the, maybe the, in the desert of in in validity. I don't even know if that's a word, but um it is now. So let's yeah. let's talk about let's talk about that and how you've climbed what you've done to climb to the mountaintop of validating yourself and only your like by you and only you. Yeah. So you know we all have our deserts and you know mine I get to outline in this chapter. Mm-hmm. And you know, there are a lot of themes of my invalidness. Um, one, I could, didn't feel comfortable to express my emotions. And so one of the things that I did to sort of stifle that was I binge eat or I mm-hmm. starve myself. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to, you know, meet that look that, you know, we're all supposed to have. And so, um, you know, whether it was keeping my emotions at bay or trying to keep my body in a place where it's supposed to look the way that it's supposed to look. I was, I never felt good. I never felt worthy. I never felt important. Um, you know, I eventually became 300 pounds and I was invisible. Mm-hmm. I was invisible. I was invalid. Mm-hmm. Who I was and the way that I existed was invalid. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I didn't realize that until I had weight loss surgery and all the weight came off and I experienced life in a different way where people actually saw me again, Mm -hmm. that I realized I was swimming in this invalidness without even knowing it, but I Mm -hmm. felt it. Mm -hmm. So for so long, I, you know, I didn't feel like 
I was worthy of anything. You know, I ate to cover everything up. You know, I suffered from mental illness Mm -hmm. um, and people with mental illness in this, you know, society, you know, super invalid, you know, for sure. Goodness gracious, God forbid, you know, you're not doing so well. Right. Uh, You know, there's a sense. Well, it's an inconvenience, right? It's such an inconvenience. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about it or touch it. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And so, you know, you exist the best way that you can, but people see you and what you have going on as, you know, something they don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. Right. It's your problem. Yeah. And it was, it was my problem, but it was also <laughs> everyone around me's problem. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and all of these things culminated to a point where, I mean, I just really didn't like myself. I mean, my inner self-talk had gotten me to a place where I just really hated me. There wasn't anything about me that I liked. Um, whether it was, you know, my personality or it was my body. Um, I didn't like any of it, you know, like my my little flabbies, mm. which I love very much because these arms allow me to hug people. Mm-hmm. And, and you are a giver of great hugs, that's for sure. <laughs> that's my favorite. Um, Do so, you feel like that changed, though, after the weight loss surgery? Were you able to validate yourself a little bit more? There was this beautiful external validation that I felt. Um, and it wasn't until later that I realized how hollow it was. Mm. Because needing the validation of other people means that my self-worth is dependent upon that validation. Yeah. my A friend of mine calls that the hungry ghost. And it, everybody's hungry for it. Yeah. But it it's, it's insatiable. Like you'll never get filled up. Yeah. And so, you know, at some point you have to stop, I don't want to say caring, but stop caring about what everyone else's perception of you is. Sort of throw mm-hmm. it out the window and start paying attention to who you are and whether you like yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, whether the person that, you know, lives in the skin that you're in wants to be a happy person, wants to be a productive person, wants to be somebody who's willing to like dive into the shadows of who they are so that they can come out and love themselves. Um, you know, but it's, you know, it's not an easy task. And I think everyone, no matter where they are in their journey, struggles with that at some point in time Mm -hmm. is feeling like other people's opinion of them does not matter. And that who they are is intrinsically whole and perfect exactly Mm -hmm. as they exist. So how did you get to that point then? Or would you say that you're at that point where you feel like you are Perfect. I know that I'm whole. Mm. Talk about that more, please. So, you know, I'm getting older and my face is changing. And I took a reel the other day and I could see like the jowls. Uh Oh, yeah, I get this. Yeah. Yeah. And it was bad lighting. Uh It was really bad lighting. But, you know, I struggle every day to choose me mm. because I'm the only person that is tasked with loving me. And so. Wait a second. Hold on. I need to hang out there for a second. That is so profound. You say, like, tell, like, talk about that some more. 
no one else in this world is obligated to love me. Mm. I, I can want them to love me. Mm. I can deeply want them to love me. Mm-hmm. You know, my family, my friends, people like you that I value. Mm-hmm. I would, I want you to love me. But the thing is, is that the only person that matters is that I love me. And if I don't love me, everyone else's love doesn't really matter because I can't even accept it because my bucket of love is not full enough mm-hmm. for me to be able to receive it from other people. Yeah. Mm. I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible for loving me. I'm responsible for healing me. Mm. Um, and I'm responsible for coming to the table every day and just trying. Not not succeeding, trying. Right. Doing. Right. Existing. Oh, can. I just love that idea of like the perfection versus the wholeness. You know, we are being sold a bill of goods that just doesn't exist. And, and we don't know what it means to be whole, what it looks like. I mean, no, of course we don't know what it looks like because we're all running around like colanders, just like seeping you know, our energy and our, um, our feelings about ourselves and each other just seeping out of us. So what has it been like for you to write about something so extremely personal, um, such as this, even though you wear your outsides, your insides on the outside and I, you know, you're, I know you, so I know that you're extremely proficient and comfortable in talking about hard things, but what has it been like to be, to go through a writing process like this? I don't know that any person who dives into their story and you know this mm-hmm. as deeply as my fellow authors and myself, um, I don't think that they know what they're undertaking when they start. Yeah. Um, and I've done a lot of healing. I help other people heal. Yeah. So, you know, I'm constantly in a state of healing. And I thought I had taken care of a bunch of stuff. Maybe <laughs> packed away. You know, I'd like pulled it out and like, oh, you're wonderful. It's okay that this happened. And then all of a sudden I started writing and I'm sitting at my computer sobbing. And my husband's mm. like, Oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm I'm writing about something that's really sad. Mm-hmm. And so I, I uh, re-engaged in therapy mm-hmm. because, you know, I started to realize how, how young I was when my eating issues started. Yeah. How I felt like, you know, I didn't exist in my house because I had a sibling that was special needs. Yeah. You know, I, I started to realize that, you know, all of these things that I thought I had taken care of, I thought I had healed. I hadn't even remotely touched. I'm sorry. (laughs) It was the worst and the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Mm. I just keep picturing that mountaintop looking like wholeness. You know, we're told that we're not whole. Mm. The thing is that we're walking around believing that there are pieces of us missing. Mm. And the thing is, is that we're whole and we can't even see it. Mm. We can't see the beauty that exists within us because somebody else told us that it's not there. Mm. Yet when we take time to really go inward and travel that desert that 
you know, sometimes really sucks and you start Mm -hmm. investigating all of this stuff and you uncover that, oh my gosh, all this time I have been completely perfect and whole and wonderful and fantastic. Mm -hmm. Nobody told me because people are constantly invalidating who you are. Right. 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 So if I were to then presume, is that what you're hoping your reader will glean from your chapter? Yes. I, my hope is that somebody will read my chapter and they will see this hellacious journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they will cry probably and they will, um, they will see the desert. It's very prominent. And then um, they will see that everyone has an opportunity to make a shift, to make a change, to choose one day Mm -hmm. that, okay, I'm finally going to sit here and I'm going to take responsibility for me and everything that I've done and the way that I live in this world and how I've been talking to me. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I really hope that somebody comes across this chapter who struggles with their body and is comparing and is feeling like food is a crutch for feelings and, um, you know, that maybe their mental illness has really drugged them down and they feel like they can't get out. And then they read my chapter and they say, oh my gosh, this girl isn't perfect, but man, she lives a more fluid life than I do. And maybe I can surrender a little bit. Mm -hmm. I can surrender. It goes back to your hair. I wish I could do that. And you're like, actually, you can do all of it. Right? It's possible. Yeah. I mean, I want people, you know, it's like moth to a flame. I want my energy to be such that when people come into contact with me, that they say, I want that. And I say, you can have it. Mm -hmm. And I can also say, if you want to read this chapter of this book, you will see that my life has not been great. Yeah. Um, But we all have our journeys. And, you know, there's no, you can't appreciate daytime without nighttime. You would never know what darkness feels like if it was always day. Mm -hmm. So we go through all of these, you know, crazy things. And then we come out the other side and we can turn around and say, man, like, look at who I am today because I've had a chance to see what yeah. it feels like in the dark. Yeah. So I've expanded the other way and said, I am willing to experience joy and wholeness. Yeah, I love that. So what has been one thing that you have loved about this writing process? One thing that has surprised you? And then tell everybody what you do now. And, and what what your offerings are? Sure. So, what I loved, I loved working with you mm-hmm. and all of the wonderful ladies that are contributing mm-hmm. to this um, anthology. They really um, are. You're all incredible. Yeah, I mean, every single one of them has a beautiful story, mm-hmm. and it is an incredible human being. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has been a great joy getting to know all of you. Um, what has surprised me? Um, that my <laughs> luggage that I thought was zipped up was, uh, like splayed across my room when I started writing. <laughs> yeah. 
it does that. This process does that. I mean, I often think sometimes I need to have like a therapist like uh, on our team so that we have like on site, you know, clinical care because, um, but fortunately, most of the writers that come to us are are, you know, well-versed in therapy and, and other types of modalities and support, but, um, it cracks you wide open. Wide open. Mm-hmm. And the cracks are where the light gets in. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just pure light, Julie. I'm, I'm so grateful that the universe put us on this part of our mountain climb together um because you are definitely a guide um in the we have like a couple minutes left can you tell everybody what it is like what do you do like how how what how what are your offerings and how do you serve so i have uh my company is called revealing colors uh because i believe everybody's colors deserve to be revealed whether they're hidden or um hiding um And so I help people live more joyful lives. Um, I help people find magic, magic in their lives. Um, I help people through the desert um, and I help people on their way up the mountaintop. I call myself a Sherpa. Mm -hmm. I'm the Sherpa for people who are trying to change their lives. They're in a place where I was that their life was lackluster. It didn't feel good, um, but it didn't feel, you know, right and things just didn't feel rewarding or you know you didn't hear the birds sing anymore and so I help people through you know I'm a Reiki master teacher um I do all sorts of healing modalities I work in the Akashic records for past lives I you know I do light language which is you know healing for the soul and you know through all of these different modalities i offer coaching to help people be magic mm-hmm. live magic experience magic be in a place of wonder where they live in each moment feeling a sense of gratefulness not perfection but they can feel whole as if they're operating in this world wholly and they can be present wholly so that they can experience magic when it arises because we forget and we yeah. lose it sometimes. Yeah. And so I help people re- rediscover that because it's there and it's ready for all, all of the people that want it. Yeah. And I can attest to it that it Julie is magic. You know, I'm telling you, I did an energy clearing with her over Zoom last week and I, cause I was in a bad way everybody. I've really needed some support. And I reached out to her last minute. I was like, I need some help. I'm feeling really bad. And, um, it was literally, it was so clearing. It was like the next Monday I came back to my desk and I was like, I could work again. I could think again. I felt inspired again. Like it was just, it was, it was like magic. It was better than any therapy session. Like it was just so profound. So, um, I am so grateful to you for your time now. I am grateful to you for taking the brave step. It's an act of courage to share so um, deeply and so vulnerably. And I always say it's an act of generosity to do that. Um, so I'm just so grateful that you're part of the the Deserts to Mountaintops Collective, Sacred Sisterhood, what have you. And I can't wait um, to see what's next for you. 
I am so grateful and so humbled to be a part of this project. Thank you. Where can people find you if they want to know more? Ooh, revealingcolors.com, or you can find me on Instagram, revealingcolorsofficial. And uh, you can also find me on TikTok and Facebook. Pretty easy. Awesome. Thanks, Julie. Thank you. Mm-hmm.